0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: Many contractors are hoping the General Services Administration took to heart the lessons from the last time it launched a new acquisition platform. Now it's rolling out the new SAM.gov site. Now recall that back in late 2019, GSA merged the old FedBizOps portal into the beta.sam.gov site. And nobody liked it, not industry and not agency contracting officers. In his reporter's notebook this week, executive editor Jason Miller covers the new sam.gov platform and why GSA believes this time it will serve its customers better. Jason's got the details. Well, Jason, what is exactly the new SAM.gov platform? The same thing we had without the beta, or is there more to it than that?
2: Oh, there's a lot more to it than that. And, in fact, it's why it's so exciting, Tom, that they've ripped the Band-Aid off, right? They've ripped the beta off. I should have used that for my headline, you know? They've ripping the beta off the, uh, the SAM.gov portal. Tom, this is the acquisition portal that's used by more than 1.5 million users across the government and industry. It has, you know, six acquisition websites kind of all brought under this one umbrella And really, the goal here is to really make it a more unique experience, a really common look and feel for all these acquisition systems that GSA has been updating and modernizing over the last... On about twelve years, it feels like. Uh, in fact, Judith Zawatsky is the assistant commissioner in the Office of Systems Management at the Federal Acquisition Service at GSA, and she describes how this new system, what, what it will mean and what it will look like for most users.
0: One of the visions we've had now for many years in integrating all of these capabilities together is to create for you and for contracting officials a single workspace. If you already have a login and you've already got an account with us. You will not need to do anything but come in and authenticate yourself. You won't have to create a new account. You won't have any issues. If you don't have an authenticated account, then then you will, and it will be through login. But when you do authenticate yourself, you're going to find a workspace where you can do all of the things for which you have a role for your entity.
2: Again, Judith Zawatsky, the Assistant Commissioner in the Office of Systems Management at the GSA, she also says what's interesting about this, Tom, is it's all based on this idea is going to be more readable, easier to use. It's going to use 21st Century Idea Act. Compliance, it's going to be designed as much more around the U.S. Digital Services web standards, so to deal with functionality easier. And really the, the long-term view of this is to both give the user, right, the, the contracting officer at agency X or the industry person at, agent, at, at, at vendor Y the ability to really personalize their own kind of search so when they log in through login.gov, right, and then they go to their site, oh, I searched cloud computing before, there it is. Again, make it easier for me. Oh, I ran this report before, boom, there it is. I can run the report again. And I think it's a much more personalized experience. So, Tom, if you use the new SAM.gov and I use the SAM.gov, we're not necessarily going to have the same experience, but – we will see a very similar standardized approach, and then how it pulls in the data and the whole backend infrastructure. I think all of that is really what's changing here. so you know better data, better usability, easy you know less burdensome. I think they're really trying to really address all those features. In this new launch.
1: All right. And why does GSA think this time it won't get the same kind of blowback it did 18 months ago with the FedBizOps transition?
2: Yeah, you remember that? I mean they they really industry and others were not happy. I mean, even the professional services council outlined complaints in a twenty-two page letter sent about two months after the launch of the beta.sam.gov when it integrated the old Fedbizops.gov platform into it. I think GSA feels more confident. Again, Judith Zawoski from FAS really looks at this and says, we learned. And she learned in many different ways.
0: We really, really, really listened. It's taken us more than a small amount of time to move from that first rollout of beta and then the FBO integration. And so we've taken a deliberate, I wouldn't call it pause, but a lot of firepower, Through our business owners and our product owners to really review all of the input that we got, suss it out, organize it, do feedback sessions. I think we went through something like 50 different iterations of a landing page with users actually clicking on it and experiencing it. But we do recognize that we have users that are very large businesses that have a hundred entities under them. So they're trying to manage all of that. And we have somebody who is just really trying to apply for American Rescue Plan grant and has to get through the process. And then we have oversight or, or other people. And we're really trying to accommodate all those people across an intense amount of data.
2: The other thing that the GSA is doing that's really important that Judith Zawoski mentioned is this idea of constant feedback. At the bottom of every page, that you go to with the new sam.gov there's going to be a link if you will for feedback tell us what you thought tell us what problems you encountered how do you do this better and in fact tom i talked to sonny Hashmi, the federal acquisition service commissioner and he this came up during a coalition for government procurement event this idea of the new beta.sam.gov moving to sam.gov sonny's a tech guy right so he, he got a little technical with us and talked about decoupling the front end from the back end and basically he says what that means for you meaning the user is we're able to roll out more, more capabilities more quickly and. a more more decentralized way and we know that sam can be you know sometimes not easy to use so we've we've identified some of the pain points and one of the things he said is i have i will commit to you that we will listen we will make changes we will make this more responsive more scalable and i think those are really important points to make because tom industry is not shy we saw that last time uh, uh, you know uh, the psc's 22 page letter it's going to be very People will be very outspoken on Twitter and and other areas to say, hey, GSA, you made it worse, or hey, GSA, you made it better. And, you know, Tom, so far so good. It's only been a few hours since they launched it on Monday, but I've not seen a ton of feedback yet or a ton of negative comments. Uh, Obviously, we'll know more later this week.
1: The pages ask for feedback. If you're on that site, give it the feedback. And, Jason, you're also reporting a new Justice Department supply chain effort. And uh, briefly, tell us what you learned there.
2: This is focused on this idea of, What other countries are potentially putting the government at risk? And and when we talk about countries, we're talking about supply chain risk. And very similar to what the uh, Congress did with Huawei and ZTE and Chinese telecommunications companies, the Justice Department is now taking a a similar effort to highlight some of the risks posed by companies that work out of Russia. Now, this is really interesting because there's concern post-solar winds and other You know, and other uh, problems that we've seen, whether it's Pulse Secure VPN or Microsoft Exchange, is how what kind of risks do do people have by using Russian-made products or products that are basically sourced out of Russia? And this is just getting started. But John Demers, the Assistant Attorney General for National Security at DOJ, really said that they're just the goal here is really to evaluate, look at it, understand what's going on, and then decide if something needs to change. So they're not saying there's something will change; just they're they're starting that process and. Tom, I did just a little bit of research, and you go back to Huawei and ZTE. This the earliest finding, the earliest conversations that I found uh, started in 2012. A report from uh, two Senate lawmakers who were like, "ZTE and Huawei are are, are problematic. We should do something." And it didn't really happen until about seven or eight years later. So I think what Justice is doing is trying to get ahead of it, like we saw with Kaspersky Lab. That was a one-off, but how many others are very similar? that are sure. in, the, in the federal supply chain.
1: All right. Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. My pleasure. Check out his reporter's notebook. It's now online at federalnewsnetwork.com.
3: Welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Rick Wade, Senior Vice President of Strategic Alliances and Outreach at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Previously, Rick was a Senior Advisor and Deputy Chief of Staff to Secretary of Commerce Gary Locke. He worked closely with the Obama administration, and he also worked with Commerce's Economic Development Administration to foster regional economic development in distressed areas, and with the Minority Business Development Agency to create jobs through the growth of minority-owned businesses. He received a B.S. from the University of South Carolina and an M.P.A. from Harvard University. Rick, welcome, and thanks so much for joining me.
4: terribly difficult challenge. One of the other defining uh, moments, I think, in our time uh, that has dictated uh, a change in leadership, if you will, uh, was the murder of George Floyd. I think it created a whole different consciousness uh, in America and certainly within me uh, about the importance of being empathetic uh, in, uh, in, in the way I lead, to be inclusive, uh, to be uh, uh, to, to lead in a way uh, in which you're very sensitive to the impact of your decisions which was to represent students. So I know that's a, that, that perhaps may be a small example of leadership, but it really did define how I view myself, uh, the vision that I have, uh, my willingness to, to fight for change. And that was a that was beginning. I think that set the foundation of how I lead. And there have been so many other moments. Uh, one of the most defining moments for me personally So, there have been so many defining moments uh, uh, in my career. I, I will tell you, even uh, after the murder of George Floyd and my role at the US Ch- Chamber of Commerce uh, to galvanize the business community uh, inspired by that tragedy. And now we have a whole broad, historic, sweeping, what we call equality of opportunity initiative that I'm leading, that I, that, that, that I was inspired to develop. And we're bringing together corporations from across America
3: I'm Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Thank you for listening to today's Lessons in Leadership podcast. And until we see you next time, take good care.
0: Want more ways to show your good side to the world?
4: Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at Grifflesplasma.com.
0: This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online,